You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome the program. Matt Coates along with Christian Miller. Lars will be in shortly. And for the next couple of hours, I pretty much think, although I want to do a dive into some of the information we now have concerning Tyler Buckner. But, Christian, it's all about the draft. And while I did watch portions of it, I had a Little League game last night. Um, I'm still playing with the 11-year-olds. I'm no, just kidding. Um, but... I want to lead with you. I really wasn't surprised by much that happened last night. Now, you're the expert. Were you? Um, I think I was surprised by the big trade Houston made um, after taking C.J. Stroud with their second pick. A lot of people believed that they would go go with the defender with that second pick, but they ended up fooling everybody, right? And that's why you can't necessarily believe everything you're reading or hearing um, because they indeed went with the quarterback rightfully so they needed one but then they turn around and trade it up to the three spot to go ahead and take will anderson so um i think that was probably the most shocking thing to me um but realistically i, I think they knew they needed um uh, a quarterback a guy that they believed in to run their franchise uh, but they were in love with will anderson jr and what he could uh bring to their team on the defense side of the ball and so i think they filled both of those needs there and i think uh, they walk away out of that first round with uh, two really good pickups. But, yeah, man, I think everything else typically kind of played out the way I think we thought it would. You know, Bryce going to Carolina and uh, Jameer Gibbs coming off the board, um, going to Detroit. Um, I think, you know, Will Levis not being taken in the first round, I don't necessarily say it would be a shock. Um, it's unfortunate. I hate that for him. You know, not the best feeling, I'm sure, when you're there at the draft and you don't get picked in the first round. But, um, I'd be shocked if he's sitting around in this uh, second round for very long. Me too. Um, and that just, when you watch stuff like that on the television, man, it, just, it makes you uncomfortable. Um, like or not like the guy, it's just an addict's girlfriend there, and then they got in some wacky conversations on the television. I don't know. But I guess – Concerning Alabama draftees, they went the first, you know, we thought that uh, Bryce and Will would go in the first three, and they did. Uh, you're right about Houston trading up. They got two potential all-pro players, and one for sure, because I think Will Anderson has that written all over him. CJ's got to make a couple adjustments, and then he could be an all-pro quarterback. But I was surprised. Jameer Gibbs, I mean, Detroit must have thought very highly of him, right? Speed in the NFL is what it's all about. Yeah, and now that you say that, there was a little bit of a shocker that Detroit drafted him because, as you know, they have DeAndre Swift 
Georgia running back who's very dynamic, uh, great pass catching running back, um, very shifty, um, and, 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 you know, very talented and he's a young player. Um, so that was a little, uh, shocking, but you think about it, um, they did lose, uh, Jamal Williams in free agency. Um, I think they might have actually signed another running back forever, but hey, um, it sounds like they, they really want as many weapons as possible in Detroit and, uh, they're definitely getting one in Jameer Gibbs. So, um, I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, up there in Detroit. I am too. And as a longtime Packers fans, I'm not supposed to say this about a, black and blue division opponent but I really like what Campbell's done with the Lions and this is just another piece in his puzzle that I think is going to get them to bigger and better things and and that could easily happen this year um any other things that uh how about Brian Branch not going the first round that kind of surprised me yeah man I'll be honest I I thought that if he was going to go it'd end up being late in the first um but I kind of, you know, was comparing him to like a Landon Collins, a guy that could go in the first, but very likely would fall in the second round. Um, so I wouldn't say it was too shocking. Um, I hate that he was there and has to, and has to wait, but um, I think he, he'll be taken off the board very fast tonight. Uh, you're talking about a very dynamic player on defense, a guy that can really do it all on the back end. Uh, he can cover. Uh, he's a phenomenal blitzer. You know, we see we see his uh, his potential at you know coming in and uh, lining him up in those those slot corner positions and, and coming off the edge uh, as a blitzer, uh, a very sound tackler as well. So you know, whoever gets him is getting a stud on defense, and then I don't think he'll be on the board very long tonight. I guess because of all of the swirling leading up to the draft, I'm not all that surprised that the Colts took Anthony Richardson. I think he is probably, he could be athletically the most gifted quarterback in the entire bunch. It just looks like he needs some polishing. But just give me a comment, Christian Miller, on AR going to Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, they needed a quarterback, and uh, I guess they liked him enough to take him at that spot. And, uh, look, I think he has the highest ceiling out of all these guys, maybe besides Bryce. But uh, in terms of, you know, his elite physical traits, his arm talent, you know, I think if you get him in the right system and, and get the right coaches around him, uh, the right guys around him, give him some weapons, I think he can have a very good career in the NFL and, and, and contribute very nicely to a, an NFL franchise. And I think that's what the Colts saw in him. I mean, you look at a guy like Cam Newton and, and how he translated to the NFL um, when he was coming out of Auburn and the success he had, you know, talking about an MVP a winner, a guy that led his team to the Super Bowl. Um, so they probably see some of that in, in, in Anthony Richardson. But then you also look at guys like the Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jacksons, uh, Justin Fields. You see how effective these guys are in today's game with their athletic, athletic ability, you know, uh, their ability to run the football um, when they need to in these quarterback design runs and zone reads, but also aired out uh, with his big, strong arms. So I think they see a little bit of those guys in him as well. Definitely probably more of a project-type player. Um, but sometimes that's what you get out of the first round. Uh, you, you know, you get guys that are project guys. You're drafting them off their potential. Um, just like the likes of the guys like Trayvon Walker last year, right? You know, you had a guy um, who was uh, physically gifted, you know, elite measurables, and Jacksonville wanted him because they, they thought of, you know, the, the possibilities, the endless possibilities of his talent, you know, under the right coaching, the right system. So I think they view uh, Anthony Richardson as a player like that where the, he's, he's going to come in 
with all the tools necessary, elite uh, measure, measurables, um, elite testing numbers. I mean, we're talking about a guy 40 something inch vertical, I think, 4'4 four, four speed, um, just an athletic freak. And, uh, you know, look, high risk, high reward, it, it sounds like with him. But I'm excited to see him develop uh, at the next level. I think by my count, Georgia, the defending national champions, had four go in the first round. Jalen Carter did not drop too far, if at all, uh, based on the unfortunate incident that happened back after the, the national championship. But um, I, in retrospect, you know, there were all these rumors and, and uh, you know, social media things, and particularly involving Richardson and Levis. But just overall, and, you know, you and I are not the biggest social media guys. I think I've made one post this week. Um, all in all, as much as a stir as all that costs, I didn't see it affecting much. Did you? Um, you're talking about Will Levis? Just about the all of the rumors and the social media innuendo and concerning mm-hmm. Levis and concerning Carter and Richardson about they're going to drop, they're going to rise. I didn't see that having an effect in the long run. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the talk is going to be there. I mean, it's the the NFL draft. The talk is there every year, and it's been there. You know, it's nothing new. Um, So I think it's it's vital that these guys are well prepared for that, and they understand uh, that a lot of these conversations really are frivolous, right? I mean, the only conversations that matter – are the ones in those boardrooms that consist of the NFL general managers, the head coaches, the owners in, in, in the front office, right? Those are really the only conversations that matter. It doesn't matter yeah. what Bleacher Report is saying. It doesn't matter what Ian Rappaport is saying, Adam Scheffner. It doesn't matter what we're saying on Big Noon Sports, right? Because <laughs> we're not <laughs> determining <laughs> who's getting picked or, and who's not getting picked. So I think the sooner that the skies understand that and say, look, control what you can control, right? You know, if you can control your character, do that. But you, if you've made some mistakes, you know, show that you've learned from it, talk to the right people and move on. Right. But anything outside of your control, you have no uh, you can't do anything about that. You just have to just let it be what it's going to be. And I think most of those guys have done a good job of that. I mean, they, they kept putting the camera on Will Levis. And I don't know why they kept doing that. It was very uncomfortable, very awkward. But I feel like he handled it well. Right. I mean, it's probably a little embarrassing for a guy like that, especially with his confidence to, to be sitting there and to have the cameras on him over and over. Kind of felt for the guy. But again, I mean, I think these guys understand it's part of the process. And ultimately, they just have to be thankful to be given that opportunity. And um, again, it's not about where you go. It's about what you do when you get there. I think I think these guys are very excited about that. I mean, you hear all the time guys that are frustrated or disgruntled when they're not hearing their name called or it's not going their way. But as soon as they get that call, everything washes away and they're just excited to kind of know where they're going and, and, and be on their way. And uh, sometimes they use some of that, that, that talk and that dialogue as motivation. So I'm sure we might hear or see that from some of these guys. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, keep the receipts and uh, prove the doubters wrong. Uh, that's exactly right. Um, I tell you, they ribbed Mel Kuyper about, uh, about Will Levis a lot because Kuyper's a big fan of the Kentucky quarterback, but, you know, you, you got to have good TV producers, and I, I think there was a time or two they pushed it on the continuous talk and, and uh, the footage, you know, showing Levis live. But you made a great point, and I'm going to take it to heart. When he does get that phone call, that blank ain't going to fly anymore. He's going to be a member exactly. of the NFL team. 
and uh, he probably he'll remember it, but he'll never discuss it. So let's chalk up a first round pick and observations to Christian Miller. Um, hey, when we get back, I read a lot more about uh, Tyler Buckner, the incoming transfer quarterback from Notre Dame. Let's talk a little bit about that. We'll be talking about the draft with Cole Thompson at the bat- bottom of the hour. And we'll be talking about Alabama players in the draft. Coming up about 115 with uh, 3340 Sports Director Jeff Spiegel. That's all on Big Noon Sports. Being brought to you by Haley Sensing and Union Home Mortgage. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Tuscaloosa size 76 degrees. Tonight fair with a low at 55. Warm tomorrow. Partly sunny during the day. The high 80. A chance of showers tomorrow night. Sunday rain during the morning hours and cooler. The high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. On Big Net Sports, Matt Coker along with Bars had an appointment last long. He'll be in short. Um, Aiden goes hanging around whether or not he tries to be on vacation. Um, I'm still a question about that. Hey, I've uh, been reading a, a little bit more on the transfer from Notre Dame. 6'1, 215, good size, good speed. Good arm, accuracy in question. Uh, those are just my views from right now, but there was an article on AL.com, and I'll give credit to the author here in just a minute. But um, found out some interesting things about him, Christian. Um, I'm going to jump right to this. wish Lars were here. We'll bug him about it later. But the kid must be pretty intelligent. His father went to Colgate, and his mother went to Yale. Um, that's big league, Ivy League. Um, and his, in fact, his dad was a fullback on the Colgate football team, and his mom was an equestrian at Yale. So um, that's good. But of all the things, and granted, this is high school, uh, Bishop High School in California, which must have been the smallest division that they have. Um, they only had 30 players on the team. but the And the, the backup quarterback was his center. 
Uh, now that takes me back to Little League football. But anyway, my point is in a high school game and even with uh, the, the low numbers on that high school roster, and obviously it's in the low division, he once had 760 total yards passing rushing. I've never heard anything like that in my life, Christian. No, I don't think I have either. Um, are you hearing other things uh, about him, the transfer, uh, pro or con? Um, no, just kind of just my thoughts, honestly, <laughs> um, which is that, I, you know, I think he's a, a dependable guy, a reliable guy, um, right, that, that they feel that could help bolster that quarterback room. And Coach Saban literally reiterated what I was saying on here yesterday, right? They're only going to bring this guy in if they feel like none of the quarterbacks really separated themselves this spring. And that's what he said, um, that we wanted to give all the quarterbacks in our program an opportunity to win the job in spring practice. And we felt like we wanted to add some competition in the room. What that saying is, um, both of those guys, or even the freshmen, I guess, you know, had every opportunity uh, to take the lead, take the team. And they just don't necessarily feel like one specific guy necessarily separated himself at this moment in time. Um, so they were, you know, more than happy to welcome another guy in the room to add that competition. And look, I said this yesterday, you know, the NFL does it all the time. They'll have multiple quarterbacks on the roster. They'll bring another guy in. Why do they do that? Because he's either A, going to light a fire under the other guys that they feel have potential and, and help, you know, you know, really uh, transcend those guys to their full potential and have them play at the ability that they think they can play at, or they'll just outbeat them, outperform them, and he'll win the job. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, again, Tyler Buckner's a guy, not a whole lot of experience, but when he did play, you know, he, he showed a lot of promise. Uh, you know, he played against the Ohio State team, and while it wasn't uh, the most memorable game, um, it, it wasn't a terrible one either. He showed that he can compete against you know, big time teams in those big games, right? Uh, he, he showed that in the in the Gator Bowl against South Carolina, he has the ability to put the team on his back and, and and put his team in position to make plays. Yes, he had some costly turnovers. However, he ultimately ended up winning the game. And uh, I think Alabama sees that, and they see a guy that's familiar with Tommy Reed's system, familiar with him as a coach, and that he's ultimately going to come in here. He's going to you know uh, you know make the competition even stronger. He'll push for the job himself. Uh, but if not, again, uh, you've got several other quarterbacks that I think that still can definitely contribute. I mean, I think people were concerned mostly with guys like Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson potentially transferring. Um, but to my knowledge, I haven't heard anything of either of those guys transferring out. And if anything, we saw in Alabama football's post about the, the team having a, a draft party who was sitting in the front row seat uh, in front of everybody. Uh, celebrating Bryce Young being pick number one, Jalen Milrow. Uh, smile on his face, happy for his teammate, rightfully so. Um, and so that leads me to believe that he anticipates staying here, competing, and working towards that job. Because, again, just because this guy, Tyler Butler, coming in does not mean it's his job to no. lose. Um, it's still very much a quarterback competition going on in Tuscaloosa. Um, so those guys definitely shouldn't. Uh, you know, feel down on themselves. They just need to know that they got to step their game up and they got time to do that. You got May, which is supposed to be your time off. But I'd urge those guys while they're taking those beach trips, go get some footwork drills on the beach. Go throw the ball around. You know what I mean? Go, go work on those mechanics. Go work on your accuracy, you know? And then when you get back 
for summer workouts, continue to work on your strength and speed and everything that you need to do to become the best player possible because fall camp is really when it's going to matter. And uh, they'll have another opportunity because that's what it's all about, opportunities to separate themselves. And I think we'll slowly start seeing that during fall camp because that's really when the competition starts heating up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, they, and plus you never know. It could lead into the season. It could be a thing where it's still undecided going into week one. They play a couple of different guys, but um, I anticipate this being a really good quarterback battle. And if anything, I think this actually will benefit guys like Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, because competition brings out the best of true competitors. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think these guys are going to step it up a notch and we're really going to have uh, three guys battling out for the quarterback position. I think you got to really remember how much sweat equity that Simpson and Milrow have in this deal. They both want to be the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama. And when it's all said and done, when they take their first snap in the fall in a game, um, one of them is going to take the snap. But And you've talked about this. We've all talked about it, that um, you may not know the starter until September, right? I mean, in, wasn't that a similar situation? Um, yeah. With Barnett, was it Barnett? And uh, who's the guy from Oklahoma that was so funny? Um, but they went into the season with three oh, quarterbacks David under Cornwell. Saban 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, that's right, Matt. I mean, everybody thought Blake Barnett, um, was going to be the guy, going to be the starter, um, which I'm pretty sure he did start that game against Southern Cal in 2016. But then they also played through freshman Jalen Hurts in that game. And he really just put on a show and he showed that. There were some things that he could do at that position that he offered that the other guys couldn't do or offer. And he ultimately ended up winning the job. And you're right. Um, I don't think going into that game, they anticipated Jalen Hurts being the starter for the remainder of the season. But he beat the other guys out. And um, that, that very much could happen as well. You know, it could be a scenario where uh, going into week one, Tyler Buckner looks like the guy. And then they put Jalen Milrow in for a few series just to kind of, you know, see what he can do in a live action game situation, even though they've gotten a couple glimpses of that, but they can do it again, see how he's improved. And um, he might steal the show. It could be very similar to that. So you never know, Matt. And uh, that's the great thing about football is, you know, you're always competing. I mean, even in the NFL, right? I mean, you could be labeled a starter week one and by week six, an undrafted guy uh, can take your spot for the remainder of the season and you can end up being cut. Um, you know, there's always a competition going on. You always have to be on your best game. And uh, at the end of the day, Coach Saban's been doing this a long time. He's going to put the guy out there on the field that gives the team the best chance to win, whether it's Tyler Buckner, whether it's Jalen Milrow, or Eli Holstein, or, or, or Dylan Long. You know, I mean, it, it, it could be really anybody at this point. And, and that's what's great about football. You're always competing. Uh, Tommy Rees commented about uh, Buckner's uh, intelligence. Uh, he said he's very cerebral. Nick Saban spoke to his character, which uh, that's big time for Alabama's football program these days. But here's one little bit of information I was totally unaware of, and that that uh, one of his mentors who coached him at Bishop at California was an offensive coordinator for that small high school team, is now an offensive analyst at UAB. Can't imagine his phone being rung today for interviews. Thought about calling him myself. But anyway, um, 
there is no reason to do the baby with the bathwater. Alabama has three very well. Uh, Ty Simpson doesn't have as much experience, but the others have some experience, certainly as starters. So we'll see how that work out works out because I uh, continually repeat in my mind what you're saying. Um, this will raise all boats, I think, and they'll they'll get a starting quarterback. Um, and I, I just I. I don't think there's a sense of panic that many fans have. So no, uh, no I don't think so. Then again, you got to always remember uh, with the defense, with a, an elite defense, it relieves that quarterback, it relieves that offense, and it takes some pressure off of them. And and it's almost, look, it's almost kind of like at least what we've seen from Alabama in recent years. It's like a, like a like a seesaw, right? You know, the first few years with Coach Saban, it was elite defense and. A pretty solid offense, right? But they found a way to win. And then it slowly shifted and gravitated towards a very explosive offense with Heisman winners, uh, you know, first rounders at receiver, running back, quarterback position. And then the defense, you know, slowly kind of, you know, I wouldn't say fell off, right? But it's been, we started to kind of get away from that dominant performance uh, that we were typically seeing from Alabama's defense. And now it's almost like a shifting back, right? Where we might go back to seeing for a year or two that dominant Alabama defense kind of, you know, carrying the team and then having a solid offense that does just enough. But either way, I say all that to say, uh, Alabama has found ways to win in the past with both dynamics, whether it's a high powered offense and a pretty solid defense or, you know, a dominant defense and a pretty solid offense. So I, I think in either, either situation or scenario, man, I think they're in good hands. Cole Thompson from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. We'll take another break on Big Noon Sports and continue with the show. We'll get back to the draft, particularly since um, Cole's a beat writer for the Houston Texans. So um, we've got a deep dive to do with him because, man, Houston ended up with C.J. and Will Anderson. Um, man, D'Amico Ryan's ain't messing around. We'll be back in just a minute with Cole Thompson. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Wing base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
Mortgage. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Lars joins us, as does Cole Thompson, to talk more and more about the draft. Um, pretty interesting evening, Cole. Uh, by the way, congratulations on being the first. Time. What, what's that? We just lost. We just lost Cole. He- oh, that's okay. How you doing, Lars? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I had to uh, just make a quick trip to the doctor, and I got to tell you. They took blood from me, Matt, and I'm usually fine with it, right, when you get poked. But, man, this time <laughs> it was botched like it's never been botched, and I may or may not have let out a yelp. <laughs> you know, here's what happened, Lars, and I'm going to tell you right now. When you get older, it gets tougher to target those veins. I've, I've had it happen to me, uh, and these these people are pros, uh, and sometimes they miss now. Um, yeah. I'll give you a piece of advice. Don't drink coffee the day you have a blood test because it restricts your veins. There you go. Yeah. Doctor. No, it, you should have seen the looks on the, uh, the, the people who are waiting, uh, to get their blood drawn by this young lady. But she's been doing it nine years. I know her and it, it was just, you know, it was just one of those things and, uh, it, it, it happens. You can't. Can't ever uh, bat a thousand percent, but uh, anyway, every, everything's all good. Uh, I don't know if we have Cole back up. We we do have Cole. Sorry. Uh, well, let's co- go with Cole. Cole, if you're there, say go Texans. How about Lars? How more? What was more interesting for you this morning? Nearly passing out from getting your blood drawn or seeing Miles Murphy fall to pick number twenty-eight? <laughs> hey, I love that pick. Love Miles Murphy at 28 to the Bengals. Cole, um, y- you uh, were on with us the other day, and uh, you have a, a really a great story up on FanSide. Um, just with your analysis of the Texans, you're based in Houston. Uh, you you cover this team. Did you have any idea that they were going to pull off what they did last night, taking Stroud number two overall, and then I think trading away a lot of draft capital to get Will Anderson at three? 
Well, you know, I got a text yesterday morning, and it was basically like, have you ever seen the fictional movie, which is completely unrealistic in every way, shape, or form, draft day, Monte Mack, no matter what, it was Will Anderson, no matter what. Uh, the Texans were not planning on walking out of that first round without the opportunity to add in Will Anderson as their premier defensive lineman. However, earlier in the afternoon, right before we started to do more radio hits, it became evident that the conversation had switched from Will Anderson at number two to C.J. Stroud at number two. When you play in an AFC conference that features quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, like Justin Herbert, like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett even for that matter, and a handful of other names, you can't expect to sell yourself as a franchise that you're going to be content with Davis Mills or potentially a player who may or may not pan out. And the biggest rule in draft analogy is Never say, well, we can just wait until next year because you don't know what the opportunity will come as it arises in the next year. Davis Mills could have a breakout season underneath Bobby Slowick, and then he could regress to 2024, which then takes you out of the Caleb Williams Drake May conversation. You could potentially add in a playmaker like a Marvin Harris Jr., or potentially go ahead and be drafted for a Super Bowl win. So you never want to go ahead and go into next season. Ultimately, there was a rumor. Uh, I have a confirmed now. The Titans were planning on moving up from pick number 11 to pick number three to go add in C.J. Stroud. They had an offer on the table. They had been in conversations with Monty Austin Ford. The former executive for the Titans was willing to work back with his team. And it just ended up being too much of an asking price to be able to move off of potentially getting a franchise caliber quarterback. When you look at the productivity of a guy in C.J. Stroud, he has all the accolades to be a top-ten passer in the league. When you look at the way that he was able to have pinpoint accuracy, great touch, great footwork, and that size, it's going to translate very quickly to the next level. And I think that as long as you're able to go in and continue to build around him with weaponry, and the Texas this offseason did add in Robert Woods, they did add in Dalton Schultz, they did bring in Devin Singletary, they did bring in Noah Brown, and they really do like the receivers that are going to be on display in rounds three through four. If you continue to add in these weapons, I think Stroud is going to be a phenomenal playmaker and a very good role player from the get-go. The thing is, and this is the way that I've always looked at it, no one's going to bat an eye on what you gave up if these players end up panning out. Uh, Matthew Stafford goes for two first-round picks and a third-round pick. And this past year, the Los Angeles Rams uh, did not have their first-round pick and they had a number six selection. Do you think anybody in Los Angeles cares because they won a Super Bowl? No, naturally they don't. So as long as the picks work, I think that, that ends up being a benefactor in your favor. But the thing is, and this is something that I said from a get-go in this draft class, I only saw about nine blue-chip prospects. So what would you rather have? A draft pick that may end up being good down the road or a prospect that you know is going to be good down the road and you walk out with two of the nine best players in the draft? It's a reach, it's a risk, but it is something that I think could benefit the likes of the Casario and this offense and really the future of the Texas organization. Well, what would you grade the Texans first round and who would you compare CJ Stroud to in today's NFL game? Let's start with the latter. I think that his potential is a hybrid of Jared Goff and Dak Prescott. I think that you're going to be able to get a guy that has great mechanics, has good footwork, is able to be a little bit more of a mobile quarterback in the right system. you got to remember that the way that they called the plays at Ohio State underneath now Tulsa head coach Kevin Wolfson was very much of a strict follow orders, uh, straightforward type motion. Get the ball out, quick clean strike, 
Don't worry about maneuvering. Go ahead and fortify behind a good offensive line. Does Texas have a good offensive line or at least a, a rebuilding offensive line to where it is more stable going into this year than years past? But I do think that there are some implications to Stroud's game that I don't think will translate. However, he does have a big arm, does have the ability to extend balls outside the pocket. I do think he has great footwork and he has great decision-making skills. I give the Texans an A-, minus, and I would give it an A if you didn't trade away your first-round pick. Because if you realize the Cleveland, Cow- I mean, the Cleveland Browns, if Deshaun Watson ends up being the quarterback that we think he can be, in this offense, underneath Kevin Stefanski, with the full offseason, with the addition of Elijah Moore, with a more substantially improved defense, we're talking about potentially a playoff team. And the Texans, I think the ceiling for them is about seven wins. And that's if Will Anderson comes out right away and is a Pro Bowl caliber player, if T.J. Stroud connects immediately with this organization underneath Bobby Slowick. So seven wins is probably somewhere inside the top ten. At the end of the day, it is a reach but if you end up getting two Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber names, I don't think it's that bad of a deal. However, it is a reach. And that's the main thing, is that it is going to be a reach. So I give it an A- minus because you still have a first-round pick in next year's draft. Cole, can you stay on through a break, please? Yeah, I got you, guys. We kind of got fouled up on our phone lines to kick this thing off. So if you'll hang on, we got several other questions. Concerning the draft, which uh, continues tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN. So we'll take a break here on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage, in just a minute. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Noah from Town Square Media. I am out here right now at Government Plaza in Tuscaloosa by the Big Pavilion. We are getting ready for the Mayor's Cup 5K. It is tomorrow, Saturday at 8 a.m., and packet pickup is today. You can come right now and pick up your packet. I'm not going to be handing out your race packets, but I do have some nice cold drinks, and I'm playing some great music. And I'm here from noon to four, so come by, see me, say hi, get a a free drink. Uh, Good luck to all you runners and walkers tomorrow. Race well. This is Noah from Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
probably seen their clothing around town on game days. But check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 76 degrees. Tonight, fair with a low at 55. Warm tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, the high 80. A chance of showers tomorrow night, Sunday. Rain during the morning hours and cooler, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, talking NFL draft, NFL writer Cole Thompson out of Houston, Texas. Uh, Cole, before we pick up the questions again, tell everybody where they can find, follow, and listen to you. Yeah, I'm on a sports map radio network. I'm on a, in the mornings from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., Monday through Friday. You can also download the Just Saying a podcast version of the show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom. You can always give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson on Twitter and read my work at fannation.com. All right, Cole. Um, what it was the biggest surprise uh, of day one, uh, meaning sort of the biggest reach? And also, what happened to Will Levis? <laughs> you know, there were reports that he could go as high as number one overall. And that poor guy, he had to sit in the green room with the uh, camera zooming in on him. His frustration, his sorrow growing with each pick, uh, it was hard to watch. Well, let's start with the latter part first. Uh, I was told last night that after the Tennessee Titans passed on him at pick number 11, it was going to be a very, very, very long night for the likes of the former Kentucky quarterback. And the main reason why is because if you realize when you look at what is on the table at the other teams, quarterback was not a massive need. And the fact of the matter is that if quarterback is a massive need, you are going to go ahead and wait until round two to get it at a significantly cheaper price. And if you don't believe that he can be a difference maker from the get-go, it doesn't form you into staying locked in for the foreseeable future at the position. you got to realize, if you go ahead and sign a player to a fifth-year option, unless it's Josh Rosen where – a brand-new coaching staff and a brand-new GM and a brand-new and ownership bot is on board, you're usually not going to move off the quarterback in year one. So you have to do everything in your power to be able to keep him in the long run. It just felt like the minority problems that were really significant about his game ended up costing him a first-round pick. I do expect him to be one of the first selections tonight. I would keep a very close eye on the Los Angeles Rams. 
they are looking for a long-term option to replace a guy in Matthew Stafford. So if they feel comfortable about what they're going to do offensively and be able to add in a player who may be able to start starting in 2024, I could see where that happens. The biggest reach features a guy from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. And I reached out to a buddy of mine last night, and I asked him what was the game plan with Jameer Gibbs when he was going at pick number 12. And what I was told was the fact that he is such a dynamic playmaker with his hands and his ability to create mismatches wherever they line him up on the field, they're going to run a lot of sub packages where he's going to be more so like a Debo Samuel type than he will just be a full-fledged linebacker. He will be effective in the run game, but most of his probable situational success will come as a receiving aspect. And that's all fine and dandy. And I do understand where if you keep texting people around the league. They all said the fact that you have such a great route running running back out of the backfield who can line up in the slot, you can play him out flex, you can line him out in the split end roll. He should be able to have a significant role in the NFL. He was going to move up draft boards. But number 12 feels like a massive reach only because if you still had another pick in the first round at pick 18, the reality is that when you look at the needs of immediate value for a team like Detroit, you may not get those immediate needs on day two, where you could have gotten a linebacker like Jack Campbell, who absolutely is bread and butter, bones to the wall, fits the Dan Campbell mantra, but you probably could have gotten him in day two, and you could have gotten Jameer Gibbs at 18. It would have been more value, but... Never say never in the NFL. The biggest thing that I've learned about the scouting process, it's usually a three-year deal. Three years down the line, no one really cares about where you were selected. It's about where you went to in the selection process. That could end up being a really nice pick for him for Ben Johnson, this offense that's trying to continue to be successful for Jared Goff as his quarterback. It just felt a little too high at pick number 12. Well, who are some of the best prospects still left on the board going into day two of the NFL draft? Uh, I have one blue chip player still on the board, and that's Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State. Comes from an NFL pedigree. His father played in the league with the Pittsburgh Steelers for multiple years and then the Miami Dolphins. He's a physical cornerback, six foot two, uh, really almost six foot three, 193 pounds. He has this alpha dog bite. And the one thing that I look for in cornerbacks in today's game, can you back up if you are going to talk back? And every single play he seems to. Now, he does get a little bit grabby at times, but he is a playmaker. He gets you right at the hip. He's fluid coming out of his breaks. And I do think he can mirror in a lot of press man coverages. So the Steelers may want to go ahead and draft the kid who their pop made really famous at one point during their run with the steel curtain of the 2000s. I think that Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, is one of the safer prospects in this year's class. He's got great route running skills. He's a very good inline blocker. And the only place for him to go is up. I thought for sure he'd be off the board by the Dallas Cowboys at number 26. He could end up being a very nice steal for another team. Let's go ahead and talk about Brian Branch. Again, versatility, versatility, versatility. And sometimes when you're a jack of all trades and a master of none, they may end up hurting your draft stock. But there are going to be teams interested in adding in a playmaker who can do a little bit of everything in coverage, can line up all across the football field and be able to get his hands on the football to create turnovers. I think another name to keep a close eye on right now would be Osiris Torrance, the uh, former interior offensive lineman for the Florida Gators. This is a guy that is amazing in run blocking. I do think that the fact matter of him coming from a Billy Napier-led system, and he carried over that success that he had when he was at Louisiana at Florida and became a uh, an all-SEC playmaker, I think that does dividend for his career. You can never have too much depth in the trenches. He is a guy that I thought was going to be a late round one pick. Instead, 
there's a very good opportunity he goes as one of the first selections in round two. Cole, I absolutely loved what the Philadelphia Eagles did, uh, getting uh, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, who's had some issues off the field, to put it mildly, at, at Georgia. But just on talent alone, uh, there's a lot of draft people who I trust had him as the number one overall player. And then they at 30, they somehow get Nolan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. And so to me, the Eagles sort of won day one. Do you share that assessment? They were my second favorite draft class. Uh, I thought that Seattle absolutely crushed both their picks. I thought that they need to get another zone-based cornerback who had that physical dog bite in him, and that was Devon Witherspoon. And we're going to run it back with Geno Smith. You might as well give him weapons galore. Jackson Zippa is going to be that short to intermediate type receiver that will pair well with both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But you aren't wrong. Uh, you know what the Eagles basically did? They said, go ahead and try and stop us. No, you can't. No, we are going to be the still team to beat the NFC. Oh, boo-hoo, get the hell over it. Like, that's what they did. And if you've ever seen the the TV show uh, uh, Breaking Bad where Jesse is screaming because of he's frustrated with Gus, and he goes, you can't keep getting away with it. Well, we keep letting Philadelphia get away with it because – Jalen Carter was, in my opinion, second-best prospect in this year's class, only behind Will Anderson. I thought Nolan Smith was one of the better edge rushers in this class. He was number 16 on my big board. And the reality is that neither of these guys have to start right away. You still have Fletcher Cox, and you still have Brandon Graham on the roster. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for no sense of regression once you lose that veteran talent. You're going to be able to get these guys in with reps right away to where they'll be a focal point and at least a rotational role player before they have to truly go into this year. I mean, go into next year and probably take over as full flood starters. It just shows you that sometimes playing the board in your favor will end up giving dividends. I would gladly trade a fourth round pick to the Chicago Bears and Sam Pat at number 30. Like two top 15 prospects that most people are probably in love with. Philadelphia absolutely crushed it. Man, great cool. stuff, go. Yeah, great, great stuff. Thank you for your analysis, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you soon. When we come back, thank you, Cole. When we come back, we'll have more on the draft, more on Buckner. Uh, There's a couple of really funny, cool golf stories I'm going to share with you, too. Uh, And then Jeff Spiegel will be with us, all on Big News Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. 
Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives. But it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Every Friday made possible by Brian Harden Construction, ASME certification, I-beam installation, fabrication. If you're building for the ground up, let's build something together. We have a crane and we will travel, not just throughout our community, throughout the state of Alabama and our neighboring states. It's Brian Harden Construction, up to 320-ton cranes available Welding fabrication, reverse engineering, CNC machines, Brian Harden Construction here in Tuscaloosa off of Foster's Industrial Drive. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Brought to you by Hayden Sanders, Union Hall Mortgage. You know, I don't know who the Ravens PR person is, whether they thought it was the good news to release this information three hours before the draft, or maybe uh, they thought... uh, I don't know if they're trying to keep it under the radar or not, but in all of this in the last 24 hours, guys, Lamar signed with the Ravens. Lars? Uh, yeah, and uh, sorry, I thought you were going to say Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown claims that he has signed with the Ravens. Uh, he just announced it on Twitter about an hour ago. Um, maybe I should make that announcement, too. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I think the Ravens have, they've done what Lamar has asked. They went out and signed Odell Beckham Jr. They went out and drafted a wide receiver in the first round, the kid out of, uh, Boston College, who's terrific. 
And so they have finally given him weapons. You know, they have a, a really good tight end in, in, in Mark Andrews. And, and suddenly uh, this Ravens offense, you know, it just it looks very potent. As long as uh, Odell Beckham Jr. can get back uh, to where he was in the Super Bowl, right, uh, against the Bengals. I mean, and he rehabbed all of last year. Um, but, uh, and they gave him a tremendous amount of money. Uh, but, uh, I, I think that sort of made it more palatable for Lamar to, uh, come off of his demand that, that, uh, his contract be guaranteed, uh, the same way that Deshaun Watson's was. And so now we can, I think, officially say that Deshaun Watson's contract was just an outlier it, it's not going to happen again uh because of uh what jalen hurts did with uh taking uh, uh not a fully guaranteed contract and now with lamar jackson and probably justin herbert's next and then joe burrow after that but um i i, I really like uh just sort of what the ravens have done in the in the off season christian were you were you surprised that the that the brown or excuse me that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson finally uh, had a meeting of the minds and were able to get the deal done? Uh, no, I wasn't too surprised. I think uh, it all works out for both parties in the end, and it uh, seems like everybody's happy. I'm just hoping that they continue to get them weapons, which they did last night in the first round. But speaking of weapons, I'm very appreciative of the weapons that I use to combat the pain that I deal with, the foot pain, the knee pain, and back pain. And I'm talking about my good feet arch supports, um, if you're interested in them and alleviating or eliminating that pain, head on over to Good Feet. That's in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or you can go online to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. Uh, it's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. If you like them, you can walk out of the store that very same day. So head on over to Good Feet in Midtown Village or go online to schedule an appointment on goodfeet.com. Improving the people's, the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. But I, I think that, you know, Lamar, uh, he has a lot of people that, that owe, an, owe him an, an apology, right? I mean, they made fun of him for not having an agent. Um, you know, he said he didn't know what he was doing and he ended up becoming the highest paid player in the National Football League, uh, by himself with the assistance of his mother. So, uh, I just think that's awesome for him. I'm glad they got the deal worked out. I think Baltimore really is the best place for him. And I think both sides walk away happy and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what, they have Bruin, you know, they, they've got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin coming from Georgia. And, uh, you know, Lamar really is a special player. And it, it, they really are getting him some weapons now with Odell and, and, and drafting uh, the receiver last night. So uh, I'm excited to see how they look moving forward. Uh, I'm happy for Lamar getting his deal done. What What is the typical uh, agent's cut for uh, for an NFL quarterback or NFL player? It all depends on, you know, where you're drafted and, and what you negotiate. Okay. Uh, well, let's just say uh, 1.5%, right? Uh, let me just do the rough math on that. If it is, I, I believe it's 1.5, 1. 8, 1. 1. and that's roughly... Let's if your first round pick is 1%, second round... Two percent, third and beyond is three percent. Is typically how the scale works, but I'm not sure if if you're negotiating with an agent for a second contract. I don't know what it would be then. But if you're coming out uh, for the draft, and typically that's how the, the rookie deals are negotiated, it's pretty standard nowadays. I mean, unless you have 
an up and coming guy who's you know, trying to give you a better deal and you're anticipated being a third and beyond uh, round pick and he wants to give you one or two percent just because he's trying to Beyond three percent. I just asked because I, I was wondering how much Lamar Jackson saved uh, by not having an agent and representing himself. And this is for the sake of the argument, say it's two percent. Uh, that's three point seven million dollars. So uh, <laughs> I think Lamar Jackson did okay for himself, Matt. I do too, but I mean, I, I just wonder, um, I kind of did this shrug your shoulders. We waited all this time, all this bickering for this contract. Seems like they could have done this several months ago. But when it's all said and done, he's back with the Ravens. And I didn't hear that Antonio Brown thing. Uh, that's big deal if that's true. And from what I saw in some of the highlights last night on the draft coverage, this Zay Flowers kid can freaking rip it. Yeah. Uh, He's not real big though, if I can, uh, if I remember that correctly. But, uh, I think the Ravens go, uh, they're already considered in playoff contention, but now I would say they're Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I think he, the, the, the wide receiver they drafted is he's like, he's about five nine, but it just runs like the wind. Um, but yeah, uh, so Antonio Brown, uh, he tweeted out that, uh, he is quote excited to return to the NFL and then the hashtag Ravens flock afterward and a picture of him in a Ravens jersey. So there's been no, uh, official word from the Ravens. I have a hard time believing that they would actually take a chance on him. But, um, yeah, and, and the wide receiver we're talking about was Zay Flowers out of uh, Boston College. And, um, and again, you, you team him with Odell Beckham Jr. and, uh, and Mark Andrews, who is one of the top three tight ends in the league. And, uh, the, I think the, the, the Ravens, you know, and they always have played good defense. Um, yeah, I think they go to a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, no question about it. Um, Christian, was there one pick or one draft that you particularly liked? One team's, uh, uh draft from day one? Um, uh, I mean, I think the Texans, um, really walked away nicely getting a guy, um, that can be a difference maker on both sides of the ball to potential. Uh, you know, all pro caliber players, um, definitely paid the price. But, uh, again, if you have a guy in mind that you feel like is your guy, um, I, I say you go for it. And so I'm with Cole. I think, uh, the Texans walked away nicely, but I also think Seattle uh, walked away nicely. And anytime you get, uh, you know, you feel needs on both sides of the ball. Um, uh, and again, I know you don't typically have two first rounders, but if you do and you walk away, um, the high caliber elite cornerback and then a receiver to go along with that. Like, I, I, the balance to me is, is great. Um, I, I guess I know you were excited about the Eagles, but I just, I, I'd have to wait and see. I mean, they drafted Nicobe Dean. He didn't really play too much last year. Jordan Davis, they drafted, uh, and he hasn't really, you know, contributed too much, um, as of now. Uh, so we'll see what these two guys can do. But anytime you can bolster your defense, I feel like you're walking away nicely. But um, 
I, I think those three teams stand out to me, uh, Houston, uh, uh, Philadelphia, and then Seattle. But then I, and I, I love what the Panthers did, making the right decision, getting Bryce. I mean, they need a quarterback. Uh, he, he's light years ahead of these other quarterbacks, in my opinion. And I'm just glad they made the right decision. Christian, do you know anything about the Packers' first-round selection, Lucas Van Ness, a defensive end out of Iowa? I don't. I unfortunately don't, Matt. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I've seen his highlights from what they've shown, and he looks like a, a big athletic guy um, that, that can definitely um, help contribute on defense and, and get after the passer. Um, but I don't know too much about him, but I do know the value that edge rushers have. And uh, if they felt strongly enough to draft him in the first round, and they're expecting him to contribute. And probably uh, soon. So I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he can do. I, I love getting to see these pass rushers and how they end up translating and develop at the next level. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, no, that's really interesting uh, that you say that, Christian, because it's almost like it, pass rushers seem to be as hit or miss almost as quarterbacks. And you just, you don't know how a particular skill set is necessarily going to translate to the NFL. I mean, I know about this kid from Iowa that he's, uh, he's got good quickness. You know, he's, he's one of these like JJ Watt guys who just internal motor, always redlining, never stops, you know, just, I, I think Packer fans will really like him. Uh, I think the question is, did the Packers reach a little bit to to get him? But, you know, everybody has their own board. I mean, just because McShay and Kuyper say that this kid shouldn't have gone until, you know, pick 40 doesn't necessarily mean that the Packers made a bad pick. And uh, I, 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 it, it drives me nuts when uh, – and I, and I understand this is all for clicks – but you can't grade a team's draft until what three years later. I mean, you really have to see how the how the players develop, and um, and then you know, and, and 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 then you look back and and you do the analysis. But um, I, I do think that uh, that Packer fans will like him, Matt. Well, I sure hope so, because um, we have other areas we need to fill. I'm very interested to see what happens in round two tonight. And uh, really want to see who you guys and our next guest and Jeff Spiegel think the next Alabama players are going to be selected. I think it's a given that Branch is going to be very early in the second round. Is anything a given? But who else is going to follow him from the Alabama roster? You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We'll be back with Jeff Spiegel of 3340 in a moment. Most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-9000. 
1813. That's 205 792 1813. Let Haley help you. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. If Card- Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Tuscaloosa size 76 degrees. Tonight fair with a low at 55. Warm tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, the high 80. A chance of showers tomorrow night. Sunday rain during the morning hours and cooler, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Joining us is uh, our good friend on and off the air, Jeff Spiegel from 3340. He is the sports director. Jeff, how are you doing today? Good? Great, guys. How are you? Man, uh, life's good. Uh, Lots of subjects to talk about. We're going to jump right to them. Um, Your thoughts on the draft last night. And uh, I know the Houston trade kind of took everybody off guard, but it was a darn good one. Um, any just general thoughts on what happened last night? Well, you know, very happy for the Alabama guys. Um, I, I don't think there was any secret that Bryce was going to be the number one pick. Uh, I mean, just from what we saw at Pro Day, I mean, um, I mean, the last time I saw that many hugs was at my uh, family's Thanksgiving. It was just, <laughs> it was just crazy how much they loved that guy. So, I mean, that was that was you know a no brainer right there, but. You know, then D'Amico going after Will and trading up to get him, I think was just a great move on his part. You know, he's trying to build a winner there, so he's got a quarterback he believes in and, you know, uh, a guy who who's going to just be a monster in terms of a defensive player, you know, for the next, what, eight, nine years or so, I think. But the real shock to me was Jameer Gibbs going as high as he did, 12. I mean, to the Lions, I think it stunned even Jameer. You know, that he went that yeah. high because, you know, running backs, uh, and then, then Robinson goes eight. But, uh, but Gibbs can do so, so much. I mean, you're getting more than a running back with him. You're getting a guy who's a terrific receiver out of the backfield, too. So I think they're getting a really, really good player in Gibbs. Jeff, uh, just to step away from the draft for one second, I uh, just wanted to get your analysis of, uh, former Notre Dame quarterback, Tyler Buckner uh, transferring to Alabama, and do you expect one of uh, one of a, an Alabama quarterback to enter the portal before the window shuts on the portal? I believe uh, on Sunday. Well, my bet would be that it's Jalen Milrow. Although his father has come out and said that um, you know he he's sticking around and he's going to compete. You know, he's going to compete for the job. Um, I would expect, you know, one of those four guys to go in the portal because, you know, Butner's going to come in. He's got three years of eligibility. I think he's the odds on favorite, you know, to win the starting job. Um, but you know, here, here's the thing, you know, the, the quarterback standard guys at Alabama, and you know, this has gone way up. 
I mean, with all due respect to Greg, to uh, John Parker Williston, Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron, Blake Sims, and Jake Coker, when when J- Jalen Hurts signed with Alabama, I mean, the standard for quarterback play started going way up. Next season, I mean, we can have four former Alabama Crimson Tigers starting at quarterback in the National Football League, which is crazy. So Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson did not meet up to that standard. Every time you saw Nick Saban in front of a camera, it'd go, well, you know, they're making some improvement. You know, they're making some good plays. But then again, you know, they probably made some plays they'd like to have back. Never heard him say that about Bryce Young, you know, in the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll see if Buckner can live up to that standard. Although, you're getting the backup quarterback at Notre Dame. He would have been backing up Sam Hartman. So I think a lot of Alabama fans probably aren't too thrilled about that prospect. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Nick Saban's punched a lot of right buttons in the past. So as Marquise Mays said today, when are you, you know, why are you going to start doubting the GOAT now? You know, uh, trust it and, and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you right there, uh, Jeff. I, I, uh, I'm with you in, in terms of, you know, if Coach Saban didn't think that this guy could come in and at least compete, they wouldn't have brought him on board. And so that leads me to believe he's definitely going to be a great addition to the quarterback room. And if it is him that wins the job, then he'll definitely uh, put Alabama in position uh, to win football games. And, and sticking with Alabama, um, if you got a chance to watch A-Day, was there any uh, player or position group in particular that stood out to you? Oh, Haynes. I mean, I, I know it's limited, and I know it's only a day, but I mean, and I, and I think maybe, I think maybe he might have what ten touches or ten rushes, uh, caught a touchdown pass. But wow, I mean, the guy looks pretty amazing to me. So I can't wait to see him, you know, run the football when the games really start counting in September. Uh, I mean, that was the guy, you know, that I was most impressed with, and um, you know, I just think, uh, you know. The, the quarterback thing, though, is just has got to has got to get figured out. And the sooner, you know, the sooner Buckner can come in and start working with, the, with those receivers, the better. Because Christian, I think you, I think you know this. Ryan mentioned this on the zone, you know, last Sunday. I mean, the the quarterback wins the job really in the summer. I mean, when he's in there in the heat and he's working with the receivers and throwing passes and and all that stuff. That's really when he starts building some chemistry, you know, w- with his receivers. So. The sooner he can get in and sure. start doing that, the better. And that's when uh, that's when you win the room, as they say. Let me ask you about Auburn's Tank Bigsby. Um, we've watched him here, his toughness, his dedication to the Tigers. I think he's kind of projected to go maybe third round. I think there's a potential for this guy to be a nine- or ten-year player in the National Football League and, and maybe kind of a diamond in the rough in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, th- I don't think there's anyone who played with uh, with more passion. You know, he always had his heart on his sleeve. You know, when he played for Auburn, you know, and and I don't know, uh, I don't know a guy who who's uh, well. There's been several guys who have played for Auburn in the past who have played the same way, but you know, he's just uh, you know he's just an, an Auburn man in that sense. Is that you know he laid it all out on the line for his team, and and I think there's not you know an NFL. GM who who wouldn't you know fall in fall in love with a guy, and I hope he gets an opportunity you know to 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 show what he can do because uh, because I think I think he can do a lot of big things 
you know, in the NFL, um, you know, and, and could wind up being a steal for somebody. Who knows? Just any other overall impressions of uh, A-Day and, um, you know, not not just who surprised you, but, uh, you know, how this team is, is taking shape. And, and, and Jeff, I, I know it's hard to kind of extrapolate what we see at A-Day and, and apply it to, you know, or project what the, the team is going to be like in the fall. But uh, just, uh, you know, a few observations of yours. Well, I'll tell you this. I think, uh, you know, Alabama hasn't won a national title since 2020. And I don't think Nick Saban has gone longer than three years without winning one, if, if I'm correct on that. And I think there's a, there's a sense on this team and, w- and we've heard from a few players. And, and the thing that has really struck me is the offensive linemen who were fired up about, you know, the new offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese and how he wants to get back to running the football and being more physical and how fired up the offensive linemen are to play, you know, in a system like that, that respects running the football more maybe than they have, you know, in the past. And so uh, that is, that has struck me that they want to get back to that physicality, you know, of running downhill and imposing their will on people, because let's face it. I mean, the last couple of years, it's been Georgia who's been imposing the will. And I think Alabama's kind of tired of that. I think the offensive linemen are tired of that. I think every player on the team is tired of that. And that's why you, you, you get the sense of urgency here, you know, from, uh, from Saban on, on getting a guy who can lead this team, you know, from a quarterback standpoint that, you know, the, they, they got to get back there now. You know, there's, there's no like waiting around. You know, they want to get back to the podium, you know, this year and win the whole thing. So uh, that that's what has you know struck me about what happened with Ada. Jeff, uh, back to the draft real quick. Who would you say is your Alabama prospect that you would label as a sleeper pick, or uh, you were choosing that you might say this guy is not being spoken about enough? He's kind of flying under the radar, but I really think that he can come in and contribute to our organization. Well, although I've always loved Brian Branch. I mean, I really have. I mean, I think he can do so many things on the football field. I mean, he can, uh, I mean, he's one of those do it all, you know, safeties, you know, who can just, uh, do anything and everything, you know, that, that an organization wants. I know I saw him, you know, late first round in some mock drafts. Um, he, he, he didn't get drafted in the first round, but the, the guy's probably going to go today, you know, round two or three. And, and I think he's going to be big. I think he'll be one of those guys who will play in the NFL for a while and, uh, and be one of those guys who will, uh, you know, be in a few Pro Bowls. So, uh, that, that's the guy who I'm looking at to, uh, to, to really have a big career that maybe, maybe not as many people are talking about as they are the other ones. Um, hey, tell everybody, uh, when your newscasts are on 3340 <clears throat> and if you've got a Twitter account, pass that along too. Sure, at Speaks 3340. Uh, I guess this gives me an opportunity to plug that the NFL draft is going to be on ABC 3340 tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, tomorrow morning at 11. But, uh, you know, I'm on at, uh, you know, 4.30, 6, and 10, um, Monday through Thursday. And then uh, Sunday we got the Zone Show at 10.30 on ABC 3340. And 
just appreciate uh, you guys, you know, supporting me and giving me a chance to plug that. I hope you have a great day. We will. You're very, very worth the investment. Thanks, Beats. Talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you all. On uh, the lighter side of sports, I got a couple of golf things I want to pass along. Next on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Join the children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Yeah, that's Becky. And she is the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, who led, uh, by the way, Aces in Las Vegas is a really cool nickname. Um, but she led them to the NBA title last year. Do you think there's a chance they could have a woman coaching in the NBA? I know that they've had assistance there. Absolutely. I, I think the, the time has come, and I, and I think she's got a – legit chance to land the job um i mean I, I think it's been been proven that uh females can coach at the highest level of, of men's sports as good as uh as good as men i you know i always wished uh could have seen pat summit coach a a men's team um but you know that didn't happen but um yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, I had uh, dabbled in doing a, a book with uh, two female assistant coaches for the Buccaneers, um, uh, uh, Lori Locust, who was a, an assistant at the AAF team here in Birmingham, and then she was an assistant D-line coach for the Bucks, and uh, and uh, this woman named uh, Moral Hafader, who is the uh, assistant trainer for the Bucks. And in talking with Buccaneer players, they just absolutely love them. And, and, and there's, there's different qualities that a female coach can bring than a male coach. I mean, and, and, and I know this maybe sounds cliche or, but it is, it is not certainly meant to be a negative at all. But it's just a, a female coach can often be, you know, a little more maternal and understanding and empathetic and, 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 and there are certain mature. <laughs> what was that? Mature. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, than, than a male coach. But, uh, again, that, that's an oversimplification, but that was my experience when I, uh, you know, spent time with Lori and morale uh down in um down in tampa bay 
Pat, some as coaches could be uh, – some of her practices I saw were, were tougher than any men's basketball team I've ever seen. She was uh, hard-nosed. She knew what to do. She knew what – she was, and had a great mind for basketball. Kristen, this is really putting you on the spot because football is a different animal in many ways. Oh, don't do this to me, Matt. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, this is what you're here for. Would you, would you be able to play for an outside linebacker's coach that's female? And if you want to pass, we'll let you. What I'll say is, is uh, I'm first and foremost, I mean, I respect anybody who's in an authoritative position. Uh, but uh, uh, my only concern would be, and, I, and I'd be more than welcome to have a female coach, my only concern would be with football being a little different, there's not really a women's football league, so to speak. Yeah, I just wonder if it would be difficult uh, to kind of connect with that coach that hasn't necessarily been in that role. And the only reason I say it is, I look at the coaches, um, I'll give you an example. When you're coached by a, a football coach who actually played football, I'm talking about men here, it's so much easier to connect and relate because y'all have a mutual understanding. They've been in your shoes. They understand, right? Um, it, it, for some reason, the bond is just a lot uh, tighter and stronger uh, than if you're being coached by uh, a coach who's never really played the game and doesn't necessarily have the experience, especially – as you get further along, you know, in college and the pros, right? Uh, so I just wonder if it would be a little, uh, a little more difficult to really connect with that coach if she hasn't necessarily had that experience. Now, I'm not saying they can't learn the game and they might, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing, their coach. I definitely think it's possible. I just, I just almost feel like it might be at least initially a little more difficult to connect with them. Uh, just because there's not really leagues for for females to play football and to really uh yeah. you know go through that that's a great point uh that's why i i think we will see more women coaches in men's basketball just due to the nature of the sport and the fact that uh you know there's a lot of talented female basketball players uh i don't know many talented female football players so um i guess the training grounds what you're referring to is uh, much richer in the case of a basketball, uh, maybe basketball, I would think more than any other sport. Um, I'm imagining that there are uh, female golf coaches for men's teams, but uh, very good points. I'm glad I put you on the spot because that was worth noting. Uh, I, I, I'm Matt. I think Dawn Staley uh, at South Carolina could yeah. be. Uh, Man, I think she could be a great men's coach if, uh, you know, if she wanted to move in that direction. But I do think it's just a matter of time, uh, before there is a female head coach in the, in the NBA. And it, and it very well may be, uh, Becky. I think if I remember correctly, help me out, Lars. I think it was, uh, Kentucky's Tubby Smith that might have hired the first true female assistant, and that was probably 30-something years ago. You remember I th- that, huh? Yeah, I, I, I think you're correct. Um, hey, I've got breaking news. I know why Will Levis dropped. I'll drop that on you when we continue. This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. This is Noah from Town Square Media. You know, all the good stuff in town happens in Government Plaza, and we are keeping true to that tradition. And right now, it is packet pickup for the Mayor's Cup 5K. If you are participating, if you want to participate, come by right now and register to run or uh, pick up your packet if you've already registered. And uh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be playing some music. I'm going to be giving out free drinks. Uh, so come by and see me. Say hi. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. This is Noah from Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Based in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Dead battery. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 792 That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 76 degrees. Tonight fair with a low at 55. Warm tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, the high 80. A chance of showers tomorrow night, Sunday. Rain during the morning hours and cooler, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Lars Christian. Many thanks to Joe, Joe Gaither, and also to Aiden Dollins, who is uh, at the studio right now helping us out. All right, according to this, and this may not be the most breaking news, but it is information concerning the drop of Will Levis. This is a Chris Mortensen tweet. Will Levis' left toe caused him to miss a couple of games this year, was problematic for one team that considered him. Levis said the the toe has healed and is good to go. Another team believes Levis could manage through it but thought they needed surgery. Uh, Levis disagreed. So, um, 
I wouldn't really wear this. I know he missed a couple of games. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm not keeping up with Kentucky football as much as I am others. But if that's obviously if that's his uh, throwing foot, you want to push off. Push off. Uh, Christian, you can attest to this. It, it, it sounds like, oh, he's got a hurt toe. No, it is huge, particularly for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think that would play a, a large role in, in just somebody's playing ability, at least, uh, you know, a quarterback – you know, they got to really put their foot in the ground, plant, uh, drive their foot, and, 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 you know, to go through their throwing motion to really throw the football. I mean, he looked fine at this pro day. He looked fine at the combine. Uh, so I'm sure he, he's fine ultimately moving forward. Um, but, again, these teams are looking for reasons not to draft you. You know, I tore my hamstring against Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, and uh, it, it caused me to get drafted a little bit later than I probably would have if I didn't have that injury. And teams were very interested about that and how it was healing up and, and the severity of it, as well as my biceps injury and any other injury I suffered. So I think it makes sense. I don't think that the toe necessarily is exactly why he slid. I know Chris Mortensen tweeted that, and it, it, it maybe one team passed on him for the toe. Um, but realistically, I, I think it was more so that they felt the other quarterbacks who were drafted in front of him um, were better quarterbacks, and they just felt that his value probably was – just a little bit outside the first round. I think that's fine. I, I think that actually uh, is pretty accurate for him. I mean, I know he has so much potential, but again, when you watch him on tape, just some of the decisions and the turnovers just really left you scratching your head. And uh, we, we've seen that, right? I mean, that can be the difference of you being a very good quarterback at the next level or a very bad quarterback at the next level. Again, you look at a guy uh, like Sam Darnold, again, all the talent in the world, but just some of his decisions – and his turnovers just kind of get him in trouble. And I think that's kind of how they're viewing uh, Will Levis right now. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about Anthony Richardson uh, going number four overall to the Colts. Um, you know, the sample size with Anthony Richardson is just so small. And this to me would be it would make it even sort of scarier to draft him uh, because you've just seen how many guys with not a lot of starts have done in the NFL. Just haven't played a lot of you know they haven't played a lot of ball. Um, he's only started 13 games in his career. And he's six and seven as a starter. It should be noted. Um, I mean, I go back to Mitch Trubisky. I remember uh, uh, Bruce Arians telling me that there's no way he would draft Trubisky because he just hasn't shown it consistently enough. Uh, he's like, I, I, I never want to project what they're going to do based on a tiny sample size. And, uh, you know, I, I know you can go back and look at some other quarterbacks that only started uh, just a you know, a relatively a handful of games like uh, Mark Sanchez, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, a few others, but um, but yeah, I, Christian, just I, I'll go to you. I mean, this was kind of the most controversial. It was the most controversial pick of round one. Uh, is is this the ultimate boomer bust uh, draft pick? Um, I don't know if it's the ultimate one, but I mean, I, I, it kind of has that written on there, just because again, I think you're drafting a guy off of potential, you're drafting them off of, you know, the measurables, the elite measurables, the elite testing. I mean, this guy is a freak athlete. 
uh, looks like a creative player. I mean, I, I mean, just truly, uh, just a spectacular athlete. Um, but like you just were alluding to, it just doesn't have the experience. Um, doesn't necessarily have the most impressive tape. Yeah, he does some things that really blows you away, but he also does some things that kind of make you question if he's worth taking a risk on in the first round. Um, but again, that's what the NFL draft is for, right? I mean, there's no guarantee on anybody, not even the, the number one overall. I mean, we've seen guys go number one overall who don't pan out. We've seen guys who are all Americans in college and then it just didn't translate to the next level. So that's part of the risk you take and that's the fun in it. And, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how his career pans out. Um, but I wish him the best, but yeah, it definitely does seem like, uh, it's kind of a high risk, high reward pick for the Indianapolis Colts. We'll see. Quite honestly, this kind of makes me pull for him even more. Uh, physically, he's an extremely gifted, big, large guy with a gun. Uh, somebody will take him early and somebody will take Brian Branch. And I think we'll see Toa Toa and maybe Jordan Battle go today, uh, tonight as well. But anyway, enjoy doing the show. Uh, hey, it's the weekend. Everybody have a great weekend.